Welcome everyone to the One More Game Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeremy Culver, aka Darcy, and with me is the California Thirst Quencher, Pete Legia. Pete, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Chateau de Plaisia. It's uh, rocking today. We're ready to go for this podcast in a lovely 70 degree weather day. It's a little cloudy in the sky and that part kind of is kind of meh. But uh, you know, we're 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 making it work. We're making it work. We'll we'll suffer we'll suffer in silence. That's really interesting that you say that only because here it is basically 65 degrees with a little bit of clouds at the sky. It was we were supposed to get some thunderstorms today, but I am I that close to California apparently? I guess so. I, I need to be making these uh, temperature announcements like a dead of winter when it's still like 75 out here and it's 30 degrees everywhere else. And, yeah, uh, I guess I guess I messed that up. But, you know, whatever. I, I wanted to let everybody know how we roll, how we rolling today, what our get down is, you know? Yeah, I got to ask you real quick, though, Pete, because I did have sure. a, uh, a listener, a new listener talk to me oh, today. Man. Do you know what today is? May 19th. It's May 19th. You know what that is? No. May 19th. I didn't know what it was until I actually uh, learned about this, but for those wrestling fans, which is why it's really funny oh, that I didn't know. Oh, the Kane thing? Yes, okay. Kane I wasn't thing. sure if it was, I wasn't sure if it was actually that or not. Yes, uh, Kane. Yeah, they released <laughs> the sort of the cross promotion they used for his movie See No Evil back in like 2006. Something like that, like a, yeah. It was when uh, I wasn't yeah. watching wrestling, so that's why I didn't know yeah. anything about this till earlier in the week. Our mutual friend said, oh, I'm so glad that my day off is Thursday. And he's like, do you know what day it is? I was like, um, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to yeah, Google yeah. it. All of a sudden, Kane, the wrestler, whenever you mentioned May 19th, like went psycho. And just it was like a show in a red to a bull. <laughs> just like would go and destroy things. There was a particularly funny match um, where uh, Shawn Michaels had to wear a shirt that said May 19th on it. And uh, he was supposed to be a special guest referee for like one of the spirit squad against Kane. The idea is Kane would see May 19th on Shawn Michaels shirt and then they'd beat the crap. He'd beat the crap out of him. But what happened before that was uh, or Shawn Michaels beat the crap out of the spirit squad member, whatever one that was. Uh, enemy heel team of male cheerleaders <clears throat> because obviously we have to make fun of that. Yeah. It's 2006. Um, and then uh, Shawn Michaels put the shirt on him and then Kane came out and beat the crap out of the other dude. And Shawn Michaels as a special guest ref was like randomly like throwing stuff in the ring, like holding there, like holding like a trash can, like on the ropes and just like having his back turned like, Oh, I don't know what's going on. Uh. <laughs> and then Kane goes on, walks up the ramp after just obliterating this guy and then Shawn Michaels gets on the mic and goes, May 19th, May 19th, May 19th. And then Kane runs down and beats the crap out of the Spirit Squad guy some more. And yeah, that was like the the most <laughs> vibrant memory of that whole storyline. That is it amazing. Like about, it happened for like a month straight. They uh, they did that stuff. The, and he had some movie like See No Evil that came out on that day that he yeah. was like some mass murderer. 
I like so I won't lie. I liked the movie See No Evil. I know it wasn't like actually like critically reviewed well, but I thought it was a great movie back at the time. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know anything of this, and all I knew was when I googled up May nineteenth, and I saw like the initial him beating up this guy, and then like on the Titan Tron, it was like it like talked about May nineteenth, and he was like shaking his head, like I don't know what yeah. to do with this. So I didn't know the details you just said. That is amazing. It makes it even better. Yeah, you, I'm sure you can find them. I'm sure you can find them match like just type on like sean michaels may 19th or something well and i'm gonna on youtube and you can probably find it i will look that up but i will tell you all listeners you guys are gonna hear this on may 20th or after because this is the one more game podcast a podcast that is centered around making sure you're informed about all the video game news happening around the world as well as what's going on with may 19th and wrestling apparently <laughs> whether it's nintendo <laughs> xbox playstation or pc if there's news that you need to know about we'll make sure that you know about it when you're listening to this on your podcast service make sure you hit the subscribe button or the follow button depending on what your service offers and if you're podcast service allows reviews please leave a five-star review and tell everyone why you love the one more game podcast because we really enjoy bringing this to you each and every friday if you'd like to be part of the show by asking a question or suggesting a topic for discussion head on over to pressstartnews.net slash one more game and fill out the submission form and your submission could be used on the next episode if this is your first time to the podcast welcome to the podcast i hope you enjoy your listen and i hope you enjoy your stay if you are returning you already know what it is we start off every single podcast talking about what we've been playing lately so pete what have you been playing lately i uh haven't really had a whole lot of time to play this last week for whatever reason it just like it kind of just almost abruptly abruptly appeared on me about recording day i think part of it was i'm usually off the day before and uh this week i was not so i didn't really like schedule properly the time to actually play video games i did get some time to go back to an old classic that i like tales of vesperia um, okay. I haven't played many of the Tales games. Uh, Tales of Exilia is like one of the first one I played, even though that came out in like 2010, I think. And then I played Tales of Asperia Definitive Edition that I downloaded recently. I need to get back to it, and actually I want to kind of beat it. So that might be a summer venture kind of game thing. I want to beat some of the Trails games too, uh, Trails in the Sky games mm-hmm. that you've played. I believe you played at least uh, one of the ones that are related to it on stream. Uh Trails of Cold Steel. So mm-hmm. Trails in the Sky, I like the hero, that hero. So I want to get back to that. But Tales of Asperia is my first one. And I like the characters. One of the things I really enjoy about Tales of Asperia specifically, the Tales series in general, is um, <clears throat> the uh, the way they like kind of like develop the characters using those skits. I think a lot more like RPGs could use that. I guess they kind of do now with the, like, you know, I remember in Final Fantasy VII Remake, you like run past some of the like the public like, you know, when you're running past people, like, in the world map or whatever, you hear them kind of talking, or sometimes, you know, Barrett will be the very going, dun, 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 and all that weird and random stuff. <clears throat> so I guess you get kind of some of that now, but it, it really, I think, flushes out some the character and some of, like, the uh, like the little quirks that they might, like, you know, the things that give them some humanity, not just like, oh, I'm here to save the world, and I want to go do this, and I fall in love with the main female protagonist, and, you know we go on from there. Like they give them like actually kind of like, Oh, this is kind of like what they believe or how they act. You know, uh, Yuri is kind of a, like a smart, smart, snarky, smarmy kind of character. He always has like some quick wit and something to counter back with. You have a little kid that's trying to 
be more of a like uh, in charge person and trying to like show that they're not scared, but actually they kind of are scared and uh, they get spooked really easily and that kind of thing. And it's just really cool to see like the characters develop like that. I really enjoy that aspect. And it's probably my favorite part of the Tales series, at least from the games that I've played of it. I've never played Tales of Vesperia. Uh, it was on Game Pass for a while, and I had it downloaded like at some point I was planning to jump on. And then just unfortunately, because of life and time, it got removed like the day that I was like going to go jump on it. So I, I never have, played like, that. I have like four Tales games downloaded because like I th- there was a big sale on Steam and like you could get like four or five of them for like $60, which is like the price of what you get mostly for like one of them. Yeah. So I was just like, all right, I'll just buy all five of them. Even if I don't play it or I only play one of them, it's probably almost worth the price anyway. Yeah. The only ones that I've played is I own and I've, I never got super far into it because it was kind of around the time that I ended up getting my PS4, but I have tales of Zelia as you talked about on the PS3. I enjoyed what I played up to, of course, when I stopped playing it. And I always say, I'm going to go back and play it at some point, but I've just not hooked up my PS3 (laughs) since, uh, and tales of Zestiria. Uh, I bought that one day one. one. I bought that one day one, and I remember I really enjoyed it, and then it was really funny because every f- person that I knew that was huge Tales fans were like, that one sucks. <laughs> I was like, wait. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, think wait. I remember it being like not super big on people. I do want to play that one, too. Um, I have that one. I think that was the main one that was on sale that when I downloaded for the mm-hmm. whole package. Okay, yeah, and then the last one that I've played, but I haven't gotten far into it, and I do talk about quite frequently jumping back into it, is uh, Tales of Arise, the the most recent one that came out, and it was a lot of fun. Oh, it's a lot of fun. I, I was thinking about getting that, and I had not. Yeah, so far it's uh, I again it's been quite a bit since I played it because I got it, was playing it, and then I I can't remember what game came out, but something came out at that like around the same time, and I ended up you know putting yeah. more effort into the other game but um i really enjoyed tales of arise uh the characters were really cool um you know the the combat is feels really refined um in the aspect right. of course being a newer game and and i love the art direction that they took uh the newest one so i'm looking forward to diving back into that one but i'm gonna check out uh tales of vesperia definitive edition as you've you've said i i've had my eye on it i've enjoyed the tales games that i've played so far but um you know backlog and all it's kind (laughs) of hard to choose the dreaded backlog yeah yeah so for myself i've had a a, quite a bit of time to play i've been making a lot of extra contents which you should go check out on my various uh platforms as well as youtube tiktok Facebook, all those jazz, but uh, like promotion, bro. <laughs> heck yeah! But one of the things though that I want to um uh talk about is kind of wrap up what I had said when it came to Knights of Azure uh, last episode because I said yeah. I was right towards the end, and then I'll talk a little bit about what I've been playing since. And so I did; I was really close to the end as uh, I talked about last episode, and I think it was like that same night of our recording. I beat the game um and let me just say it was it's it was a fun experience in general but i'm glad that i had it as part as ps now and i did not buy it especially for full price when it of course launched it was 60 dollars because the ending didn't feel any more satisfying or any more like oh that was like a good game like it was just like uh 
I mean, I guess this this still, like, I'm glad that I saw it to the end. I was close enough that I wanted to see it to the end. But it was like, I, just, I didn't feel like I got a great experience out of it. Um, and I don't feel that, like, every game has to be, like, a 10 out of 10 or a 9 out of 9, as you know, Pete. Like, I oh, enjoy sure. games, even the 7s, right? But it's just, it didn't yeah. really, it felt like it was good enough to be a 7. But then with the ending, it was like, it just feels like something is not there. It didn't give me that finality that I was looking for. Now, yeah. to for those that maybe have played the game and are probably sounding off real quick, oh, there's multiple endings. Yes, there is. And I got one of the endings. I went online and watched the other endings. And the other endings didn't make me feel even more better. I liked my ending that I did have, I will say. But it just didn't feel great, I guess is the way to say it. So if it's not on PS Plus when it relaunches... Oh, well, um, you know, I would say if it's on sale, you find it for a steep discount. It's only on like PS4 and PC. If you find it for a steep discount, maybe it's worthwhile picking up if you want an action RPG. But just in general, it was it's it made sense why it reviewed the way it did. And I am surprised by this one YouTuber that I really like. Um, He said it was he loved the game. And so I was just a little surprised by that because normally um, my thoughts and his thoughts like align with a number of RPGs. That was one that I was just like, "Eh, I don't really see it there. Um, So go go ahead. uh, You might have been seeing me smiling and kind of chuckling off to the side um the reason why is because i forgot this was only in the last week i guess this last week's felt so long uh basically everything jeremy just said about knights of azure you could uh translate that to xbox game pass and trek to yomi because i also um. beat that i also there's also multiple endings of that game i also only got one of the endings i was mostly satisfied with the ending i got don't buy the game uh full price try to find it for a discount or download it on game pass um, and I went on uh, YouTube and watched the rest of the endings. It's <laughs> basically verbatim. <laughs> you just replace Knights of Azure and PlayStation Now or PlayStation Plus with Trek to Yomi and Xbox Game Pass. It's, that's why I was kind of giggling. That's I forgot funny. that that was only in the last week that this happened. Uh, yeah. Like, it felt like it's so long. I'm so but, old and my brain's going, I guess. I don't know. Well, and also, as you said, it wasn't. <laughs> you haven't had two days off in a row. So it makes it uh, yeah. a little difficult feeling like what week is what. Uh, but yeah, the last yeah. thing I did is. Um, I jumped on actually a game that I've been wanting to play for a long time uh, since it came out. I had it uh, gifted to me by a friend um, and it just sat in paper wrap. Uh, Hadn't even unopened it. Uh, But after I beat Knights of Azure, I was like, okay, I have these games. I should pick one of them. So I literally, and I'm not even kidding, grabbed four games, I think it was. I went on a random generator pick website online <laughs> typed in wow, the names really of the various this. games and hit pick and it picked uh blue reflection second light uh so Ooh. to to try to summarize it because obviously i'm going a little long and i'm and also um i wanted to focus more on knights of azure but um Blue Reflection Second Light is an RPG that ca- that was made by Gust, the same people who made Knights of Azure, uh, but also oh, is known for the uh, Atelier series. So 
I um, had really been um, interested in this series for quite a while. Uh, it was about, I think, two years ago when I found out about the uh, the first game, Blue Reflection, and I loved the art design of it. I loved the idea of it. It's basically a magical schoolgirl um, setting, so to speak, um, oh. and almost also like an isekai because they kind of get transported into a, a different world. Uh, but I loved the setting of it. I loved the art direction that they had, um, but I still have not played the first one. Second, uh, Second Light um, came out last year uh, in like November area, somewhere around the same time as Shin Megami Tensei 5. And I chose to get Shin Megami Tensei 5 over it because I was a little more excited for that, but wanted to get Blue Reflection. And then my friend gifted me Blue, Refre- Blue Reflection. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the combat is really uh, is really cool. There's basically like a timeline uh, at the bottom. I haven't played this game, but to kind of give an idea, it's kind of like Grandia, where like there's a uh, the you know your portrait kind of goes up, and then like when it's your turn or when you're ready to fight, you hit X, and then you can choose moves based off of it. The only difference is like you're loading up basically your combat that you can do so there's like a little numbers at the bottom and like when you get to a thousand points you can do a a, a move that's a thousand points once you get to like two thousand you can do a move that's two thousand or you can do two one thousand moves and etc from there mm-hmm. right uh, but the game it basically is the these girls are transported to an island. They don't have memory of why they're there, how they got there, anything of that nature. The only one who does is the main character named Ao, uh, A-O for um, its spelling, but it's pronounced Ao. Uh, she is the only one who like knows she's not from this world. She was not supposed to be here. She walked into what she thought was going to be summer school and opened the doors to the classroom. And when she opened the doors to the classroom, she was transported into this world. And so they're all trying to figure out how to get back to whatever world they're supposed to be at. And the other girls are trying to get their memories back to figure out what they are forgetting and so far it's a lot of fun really good i highly recommend it so far um i think it is worth the full price if you at the moment i should say i think it's worth the full price of of doing so um but of course as i continue to get through it i will give updates on if that my opinion changed but um there is a demo out and it's out for uh ps4 switch and pc and i think the demo is also out for pc as well Looks like you get the PS4 version for like thirty bucks, and the Nintendo Switch version for like forty. So it's not even that pricey. Yeah, so it's yeah. Not even like sixty dollars or whatever. So that's cool. Uh, going back to the way you decided this, how can you not be a romantic about video games? You know, <laughs> the way you like, oh hey, I'm gonna get another game that's made by this uh, company that made the game I didn't like prior. Now I like this one. It's kind of funny. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I will say just for full disclosure, obviously, I didn't know that i wouldn't like knights of azure and also of course uh, also i will say of course uh you know the atelier series is a beloved series so like you know gust has a a quite a big reputation i mean they made the atelier series again the uh knights of azure series uh the fairy tale game they made the uh owl surge games and these other ones but they have a a big legacy behind them um but yeah but Blue Reflection is one of their newer series. Uh, Blue Reflection, the first one, came out, I think, in 2017. And then the the um, sequel, yeah. again, like I said, came out last year for us. So Yeah, it was November last year, I confirmed. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I might hop into that one if I could get access to it uh, or decide I want to buy it. So that's pretty dope. But coming up on today's show, Sony's CEO finds himself in hot water with the staff, his own staff. Ubisoft's CEO makes a promise, and Microsoft investigates the disc digital program. But first, we go to the official PlayStation blog, and Sony Vice President of Services, Global Sales, and Business Operations, Nick McGuire, with a list of games being added to PlayStation's new PlayStation Plus package, which launches pretty soon. It starts launching and would be May 24th, I believe, in uh, China. Let me confirm. Uh, Asia markets excluding Japan. That's May 23rd. May 24th would be the local time zone. Then Japan is June 1st. America is June 13th. And rounding out in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand, targeting June 22nd. Uh, those dates are not uh, finalized, but those are the ones they're targeting. So hopefully, you know, everything works out. They get it all in there. Anyway, so please note the titles may vary by local market. And some of these some of the titles in this list may not be available to stream until after launch, but they will be available to download and play. And just a brief reminder, uh, PlayStation Plus Essential is their bottom tier of their package. It only gives you the two downloadable games they give every month. PlayStation Plus Extra gives you the PS4, PS5 catalog of games, while PlayStation Plus Premium gives you the PS4, PS5 catalog, plus the catalog. Classics catalog. Additionally, you will need to have access to cloud streaming to actually play the PS3 current games that are on the list. So, in the PS4, PS5 catalog, you have such games as Horizon Zero Dawn, Death Stranding and Death Stranding Director's Cut, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, Marvel's Spider-Man plus the Miles Morales uh, second uh, game, Returnal, Jeremy's always been on that game's just bandwagon. He's just at the front of the parade. Red Dead Redemption 2, Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 3, 4, which they spelt with one word for some reason because they don't know how to spell that, apparently. For classic games, you got Ape Escape. Ape Escape, Jeremy. Ape Escape. You got Siphon Filter. Jack and Daxter Precursor Legacy plus Jack 2 and Jack 3. Bioshock Remaster. For the PS3 originals, you get Demon's Souls, Eco, Infamous, Devil May Cry HD Collection. You get time-limited trials of Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, Horizon Forbidden West, Cyberpunk 2077, Farming Simulator 22, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, and WWE 2K22. But wait, there's more. Ubisoft announced that they are having a new package called Ubisoft Plus Classics that's also coming to PlayStation Plus. Ubisoft Plus Classics on PlayStation is a curated selection of popular games, including top-selling Assassin's Creed Valhalla, The Division, For Honor, as well as beloved classic games like Child of Light, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, Watch Dogs, Werewolves Within, and more. The Ubisoft Plus Classics catalog for PlayStation Plus will launch with 27 titles, but will grow to 50 by the end of 2022. Jeremy, I know you. I know you went over these lists with a fine-tooth comb, scour all the games that you want to play. This is not an overall comprehensive list of everything that's on there, but I'm going to make it more difficult for you. Name your biggest surprise that you saw with this announcement. That's number one. Number two, name one game you recommend everyone has to play from the list. And if I know you, I think I know the game you're going to recommend. And then number three, name one game you personally are looking to play for yourself. This could be either a replay of a game you've already played, or it could be a game you're looking at playing that you haven't played yet. All right. So first off, first, I got I to gotta give you a little clap there for the enthusiasm as you, as you went through that list. Um, I'm going to have to I'm going to give a couple of ones because, as you kind of said, you know, there's different tiers. And also, I do want to say, you know, they haven't said this in the, the marketing pieces, but I'm pretty sure this is the case when you have the PS Plus games. 
unless you have a PS5, you won't be able to play the PS5 games. So, like, I'm going to give a kind I of a couple. So. I, I would assume that's why. <laughs> well, I'm just saying because of the, the streaming services aspect, there is a chance. There is the chance, right? They might have been like, well, you can stream the PS5 uh, yeah. games on PS4. But I just want yeah, sure. to kind of say that I think unless you if you don't have a PS4 uh, or a PS5, then you likely won't get to play the PS5 games. So I'm going to give a couple yeah, of different fair. ones. Um, so the first one, I will say right away, the one that did surprise me is Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. So the reason that that one surprised me is not because I didn't think Ghost of Tsushima would be on here. Um, Ghost of Tsushima has been out for a number of years now, so I kind of figured that one would be here. The reason I'm surprised is they put the Director's Cut version, which just came out not too long ago, and has the Island of Asiki DLC with it. So that one is why it surprised me uh, that they didn't just put the based Ghost of Tsushima game on here. Um, and to kind of go off of that, I'm going to actually give one that I'm a little surprised that's not on here is The Last of Us Part 2. And I think that the reason that's not on here is either A, that means that a Last of Us Part 2 PS5 version is coming out at some point soon, uh, which has been rumored for quite a bit, or B, they are going to wait to launch that a little bit later as like maybe July's you know curated part of the list to kind of get people continuously subscribing um, if they're doing a month to month versus paying you know all up front. Uh, so again, Ghost of Tsushima is the one that subscri- uh, surprised me as the PS5 and PS4 version. Uh, the one that I think everyone should go play and as you already said uh you kind of know which one i'm going to say but i'm going to say if you have a ps5 it has to be returnal go play returnal absolutely amazing i i obviously talk about it so a lot so i can't recommend it enough uh the other one that i actually want to uh push people to go play uh if you have a ps4 you don't have the ps5 is gonna surprise you because i actually haven't played it myself but i know how well it has been received and i also know how uh much people beloved these games is go play the gravity rush games gravity rush 2 and remastered um the reason being is that those games did not sell well they do not get a lot of love unfortunately sony has almost basically abandoned this ip because of that reason but gravity rush remastered especially came out for the ps vita when it first launched and was very uh innovative using a lot of what the ps PS Vita offered on there uh and so yes that one didn't sell well but then they gave a remastered version and the remastered version if you tried to buy that physically is actually super expensive uh it it, both these games are currently on PS now but I'm glad that they're getting brought over to the new PS uh, plus launch and I think that both of them should be checked out I know that they're very good games I just haven't played them myself so those would be the ones that I would recommend For myself, though, when it comes to games that I am looking forward to dive into, I will say Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. I've made note before, I have not played Ghost of Tsushima. Again, I know it was a game of the year for a lot of people, so having that on there made me very excited when I saw that one. But the other one, and this sounds weird, because again, I've talked about how much I love this series, but Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I have not played Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I haven't beat Odyssey myself yet, so that's why I haven't dove into Valhalla. So the fact it's going to be on this list made me also excited made me uh very um 
I guess, intrigued to finally go jump into it uh, as well, of course, part of the Ubisoft classics, classics aspect. And then I'm going to skip down just real quick to the classics catalog uh, just for those that maybe have the higher tier aspects. So the first one, uh, just using the PSP and PS1 games, I'm going to say go play Siphon Filter. I know it's probably going to be garbage now. Like it's just like so old and outdated, but Siphon Filter itself is an amazing game. I loved Siphon Filter back as a kid i probably will go to play this and be like this is not what i remember but go play (laughs) siphon filter if you haven't played that yet uh when it comes to the the remasters uh list i'm going to give uh one in particular it's uh one that i played as a kid never beat it and i actually am planning to uh play it again i have it downloaded currently on my ps uh playstation because it is on ps now but wild arms 3 i feel like wild arms was such a great rpg series that got overlooked because of you know the giants like final fantasy and dragon quest and wild arms is such a great series i wish it would come back i wish it would come back in a better format than it left uh, because the last time that it came back was in a mobile version that got abandoned and i think it's only came out in japan uh but sony mm-hmm. always looked at wild arms uh essentially for too big for its britches it wanted it wanted wild arms to be a final fantasy killer it was never going to be that but Wild Arms is still a great series. It sold really well over the life of its series, and it's not there. Um, and then the final one that I'm going to just recommend uh, people on the PS3 streaming, if you have that in your area, is I'm going to actually tell you, go play Super Stardust HD. That is such a great game. And on top of it, uh, of course, it helped lead to what eventually ended up being Returnal. So go play that as well. Uh, Pete, how about yourself? Any of these that and uh, your list? Oh man, I didn't expect you to throw this back at me. Actually, I did. <laughs> All right, so the first, uh, the first one, the the biggest surprise, and I don't think this is necessarily not because it shouldn't have been on the list, but more so, I just haven't heard of this title in forever. Like, I can't remember the last time I heard Ape Escape. I was just like, holy crap, Ape Escape! I remember that. I remember having to blast that game when I rented it for like five days and then just like never played it or touched it again. So that was actually kind of cool to see. That was a nice throwback. And they made an Ape Escape too, which I vaguely remember was a thing that happened and I never bothered to even go back to touch that. So that was probably my biggest surprise of seeing that, even though I know that they like, there was a lot of like, it was almost like kind of like their mascot for a little while. It felt like, Mm -hmm. like a lot of their promotion was just like used with like, they used the apes from Ape Escape or the helmets or whatever. So that was kind of funny. Um, So the game that I, I didn't get as thorough as you did. I just picked three specifically. Um, I probably should have done the thorough thing. But uh, the I uh, the one I recommend people to go play, if you have this tier uh, from the classics, um, go play the Jack and Daxter series. Uh, Jack and Daxter Precursor Legacy. My favorite personally is Jack 2, but uh, a lot of people uh, also like Jack and Daxter Precursor Legacy. And then uh, Jack 3, which is probably like my least favorite of those three, but it's still really fun. And I really enjoyed that. I just like all the Jack and Daxter. I really similar to you with Wild Arms, which I've never played. So if I actually get access to this, I might follow your lead and play the Wild Arms three. Um, but Jack and Daxter is similar. It's just like I love the series. I think the series is great. I kind of bummed out that it left. Um, I never actually played the PS4 game that they made for it, so that was kind of a bummer. But um, uh, that's the one I recommend. And we are we are lockstep in this one. The one I would be a day one play for me would be uh, Ghost of Tsushima. That being on that list, it's a bunch of people's game of the year. A lot of my friends are super popular about it. A lot of people that like you know rate video games are super popular with it. 
So like that would be the my day one. Uh, similar to you, uh, we just I just hop on that as soon as I could. It also says play PS4 and PS5, and even my cheap ass with the not having a PS5 could actually still play it. So that's pretty dope. So mm-hmm. that'd be the one I'd jump on. Um, <clears throat> one last thing uh, alongside this. Uh, that was actually this is actually released today. Uh, today Sony released an article on their PlayStation uh, official blog. A lead user experience designer uh, from their Santa Monica studio, Mila Pavlin, talked about uh, God of War Ragnarok is uh, having over sixty accessibility features added uh, to suit designed to suit players' needs. Uh, they say not only have we redesigned our user interface to allow for more flexibility and readability. But we've also rebuilt uh, controller mapping from the ground up and added more customization to our combat and interaction systems. They say they have uh, retained all accessibility features from their 2018's God of War from the PC, and they expanded upon them to include more than 60 ways to adjust gameplay best to suit your style and needs. Some of the features include uh, God of War 2018 PC features like auto sprint, aim, and block style. They also include uh, newer additions like subtitle and caption improvements such as size and color to make it easier for you to read in case, you know, you have uh, uh, issues like, you know, you have issues with eyesight or something like that. And then uh, text and icon sizing, and there's a bunch of others. They have a whole list here. And it's pretty cool to see them trying to get some, make it more accessible for uh, people to be able to play the game the way they want to. Um, So I thought it was really cool. What about you? Yeah, I thought this was awesome. I um, think that, you know, we've gotten especially to a day and age where uh, developers are being more conscious that, of course, there are uh, gamers that have disabilities that cannot, um, you know, do some of the things that the game maybe was designed to do, but the developer knows well if we do give them the accessibility they can still do it they just need you know a little bit of adjustments and so i'm glad to see this and there's been an argument on uh other podcasts uh, or i shouldn't say argument but there's been uh, statements on other podcasts that i completely agree with uh, of course the one um you know that i mainly you listen to is kind of funny games but like at some point in time pete you and i will need these accessibilities as we get older and as our bodies adjust, there are going to be things that these accessibility options could be very well utilized by you and I and other gamers, of course, around the world. So having developers think about those things now, continuing to innovate them and make them better is great. And so, yeah, seeing God of War Ragnarok putting a lot of accessibilities into this new title is is awesome. And I hope more developers continue to follow suit. Yeah, the Celebrate uh, Global Accessibility Awareness Day, they also released an audio-described version of their uh, video game trailer for God of War Ragnarok, which is kind of cool. They finish out the article by saying, we are committed to improving accessibility and customization for everyone. We can't tell you the details about our other categories of accessibility features like combat aim assists, puzzle mini game assists, HUD, uh, HUD adjustments, camera tuning, auto pickup, and much more. But like you said, I mean, these are things that like, you know, not everybody has the same capabilities to play these games. And it's really cool to see, um, <clears throat> see these companies like starting to put that, take that into consideration. Um, and even if it's something that doesn't affect you, like maybe it's like, well, I don't need this. Well, you know, we were talking last week, maybe somebody does need it. Maybe it does affect somebody. So it's not hurting you. It's not bothering you. So, you know, it's really cool that they're putting an extra tender, loving care for that kind of thing. I really appreciate that. <clears throat> Moving on to our next article, uh, we go to Nathan Grayson at the Washington Post uh, titled, After Roe v. Wade Email Gaff, Sony and Insomniac Plan Donations. Uh, last week, PlayStation President Jim Ryan sent e- employees an email asking them to respect uh, differences of opinion 
around abortion rights in light of the leaked Supreme Court opinion surrounding Roe v. Wade, stressing that we owe it to each other and to PlayStation's millions of users to respect differences of opinion among everyone in our internal and external communities, end quote. And concluding with the missive, uh, with compute, concluding the missive with several paragraphs about Jim Ryan's cat's birthdays. Uh, employees were not pleased. Uh, wonder why? With the lighthearted response, according to a Bloomberg report about the email. Following that gaffe, Insomniac, the Sony subsidiary behind Ratchet and Clank, and Marvel's Spider-Man plans to donate fifty thousand dollars to the Women's Reproductive Rights Assistance Project (WRRAP). According to an internal email sent May 13th from Insomniac CEO Ted Price, <clears throat> Insomniac and senior CEO Ted Price viewed by the Washington Post. The Sony, uh, Sony will match the donation along with donations from individual Insomniac employees if they plan make them via the company's PlayStation Cares program. In addition, Sony now plans to formulate an initiative to provide financial assistance to employees who might have to travel to different states to receive reproductive care. Insomniac will aid in formulating that policy. Neither company plans to tweet about their donations, and Insomniac employees have been forbidden from explicitly mentioning Insomniac or Sony should they decide to retweet any announcements from WRRAP. A portion of the email that uh, from Ted Price uh, is structured as Q&A addressing questions from employees. In it, uh, Price explains his rationale for the social media silence. He begins by noting the studio sent a near 60-page document to PlayStation Studios head Herman Hulst. I might have screwed that name up. Uh, filled, the message, filled with messages from employees urging leadership, Jim Ryan in particular, to, quote, do better by employees who are directly affected, end quote. For the time being, however, Insomniac is not allowed to make a statement about reproductive rights or its donation, nor does Price think it would be a good idea to go over the studio's head and try. Jeremy, does does Sony's donations make up for Jim Ryan's stupid email? And are you surprised by Sony's? And there's an article linked actually in WAPO, this WAPO article, uh, much of the video game worlds, honestly, uh, their silence about uh, this topic, about uh, reproductive rights uh, as a whole. Uh, so first off, I will say, no, the, the donation does not uh, cover up what happened. But of course, it is good measure. It's kind of the we've maybe you and I haven't talked about it, but just in general, I've had discussions about this thing, right? It's when when somebody makes a gaffe or somebody makes an oops, you know, so to speak, or a mistake. What do we want? We thought we want them to correct it. We want them to do something about it. And at least at the very minimum, and this may, you know, again, could be a publicity stunt, so to speak, but they're not tweeting out about it. So that's what makes me think it's different is the donation at least shows, okay, we understand, <clears throat> excuse me, we understand we messed up and here's one way we're trying to to fix it we're trying to make the i guess the next step a better step uh, and obviously this comes with insomniac making that move so it's great that you know while sony itself the head of course ceo jim ryan making this kind of statement the studios underneath them the developers are the ones that are saying look mm-hmm. we don't agree with what's going on we're taking action in our own hands um so that's good in that regard when it comes to the silence aspect, uh, personally speaking, I'm not surprised because for a lot of things, um, the when it comes to sensitive topics and subjects like this, it can be really hard as a company to decide what is the move to do. Um, and I'm not trying to 
<clears throat> you know, sugarcoat that. I'm not trying to make it, you know, excuses for anyone, but it's just in general. When you have sensitive topics, it's hard as a company to decide what should we do? How should we approach this measure? Some like to stay in silent and do everything internally, which is obviously what initially Sony looked like they were trying to do. But of course, that email ended up being a problem. And so, of course, it got out. It was an internal email. That's the, you know, the aspect of it. But I I feel like this is one of those things where we're going to have more companies speak out or at least come out and say things as uh, time passes, as they decide how is the best way to word our stance so we get our point across because it is, again, a subject, a sensitive subject. And, you know, I just going down in this article, uh, you kind of mentioned it, but of course, um, you know, talking about Insomniac not wanting to go over Sony's head. That also makes sense because, again, they are part of the parent company and you want you want a um, combined and uh, on the same page delivery whenever you do make a statement right and that's kind of where insomniac is saying this they're they're trying to say right they they're doing the actions that they can within their own right but they they do have to be mindful of there are you know some people above them in this aspect and so i'm not surprised by this i am upset of course with what jim ryan said uh i know like I will say, I know that if I was in his situation, I don't know exactly how I would have addressed that email, but the way that he did it, I feel like I wouldn't have done it. Um, and that's the biggest, I guess, point of, I guess, my my statement there. Uh, and I just want to end before I pass it over to you. If you want a, a really good, I'd say it's like a minute 15, I think it is, uh, monologue, so to speak, on this exact uh, topic the the email that was sent out uh, go to Janet Garcia's uh, Twitter page uh, I think her the Twitter handle itself is Games Anonymous she's a, a, a writer and a contributor at Kind of Funny but when that email came out um, which is after our recording but when that email came out and that story came out she gave a great monologue on how she feels about it and I basically. Uh, echo her statements and she speaks it better than I ever could so go check that out Pete I'll have to go check out that email I did not see that or not the email the um the, the tweet I did not see that um the first thing about the email it's garbage all right um I so I'm the the email itself um you know I agree with you I I, I hear what you're saying and I agree with you uh to a point about um you know they they want to figure out what they want to say and want to be like, you know, kind and considerate about it. But the whole thing where you add like your cat's birthdays and stuff like that, it just undermines like, like you're saying like, Oh, respect uh, people's opinions. And also like, Oh, we're going to talk about this non sequitur um, and just not like kind of sweep it under the rug. Like it's just a really weird and demeaning and disrespectful way to go about it. Like it's, you have the, the email is a really touchy subject is a really important subject. You just don't throw random stuff like that. And agreed. It. Um, the, uh, I, I am amenable to insomniac's plight because, um, uh, regardless of your feelings on capitalism. Um, and I, I would say, uh, for being critical about it, I would say I'm probably more positive about more about it than most people who are super critical of it. Um, but, um, it is really hard 
nigh impossible to ingest content and product in a um, how should I, how, how's the best way to, in a um, uh, conscientious manner in the sense of whenever you buy something, whenever you order something from somewhere, likely somebody who owns it is going to be somebody who does like shit that you don't like. And it's unfortunate to say that. And that's part of the problem. Like Insomniac's part of Sony and they want to do their thing. Well, now Sony's the head and you know, they could decide to do a, like not a hostile takeover, but like, all right, we're going to be super full in charge now. And all y'all ain't going to be able to do anything. Would they do that? Would Sony do it? Probably not. But the threat is always there, whether it's real or not real. Um, and that's the same thing with like whether you order games or whatever like that. It's 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 really hard to ingest ingest and buy product and stuff like that in capitalism, and have it be like you know like oh I'm going to do everything 100 percent right. I'm going to be good to the economy. I'm going to be good to the environment. I'm going to be good to myself. I'm going to like not support like people who are doing terrible things like overseas or anything like that or do sweatshops. It's it's really hard. It's near impossible. It's unfortunate. That's just how it is. Um, the um, the I, I am a little surprised, but kind of not surprised by the silence of uh, video games um, because the the comparison that the Wapo article that I mentioned in the uh, original context talked about um, uh, the the Black Lives Matter movement and the <clears throat> and the um, uh, the the Asian hatred movement that happened because of COVID with. Uh, certain people uh, accusing, you know, uh, China of what happened with COVID, whether or not that is real or not, it, which I don't think it is, but it still generated a lot of hatred for not even just Chinese people, just Asians in general that have been born here and lived here their entire lives. And they got just flack for no, absolutely no reason. It's a lot easier to construct a statement that you don't even support, uh, say you wouldn't even support Black Lives Matter, and just say, like, yeah, we stand against racism. It's a lot easier to say that than to say reproductive rights are human rights um, because the way it can be turned around by certain groups of people saying, like, oh, well, you support abortion. It's like, no, but it's like, well, whether I do or not, still support reproductive rights because they should be able to choose what they do. Women should be able to choose what they do with their bodies. Um, and that's not my choice to make for them. Um, so, but though, again, those statements can be uh, transported and warped into ways maybe they wouldn't want it to look. And they're also worried about like that group of people not buying their games or buying their product. And that's also very shitty. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, <clears throat> they want to get their bottom line too. And as much as it disgusts me to say that, that's sometimes that's the that's the big that's the big decider in all of this. Uh, so while it's easy for me to make statements like that, and I will continue to make them, uh, you know, it's a little harder for Jim Ryan to represent an entire company like that. So, yep, that's the breaks, I guess. Yep, and I just want to just add the the real quick thing, you know, because of course it's it's not fully in this article, um, since again. This part is talking more about the donation versus the Bloomberg article wrote sure. specifically about the email. You know, Jim Ryan said in that email, you know, we need to respect the other decisions. And he's like, respect does not mean agree. So, you know, he's trying to take that step saying, you know, that does necess doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with it, but just that thought process. And then he was trying to be like, oh, I'll look like I just feel like everyone's been tense because of this situation. Here's a lighthearted story. But as you said, mm -hmm. that's not the time and place. 
the time and place is a different time to do stuff like that. At that time, you 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 should not be adding stuff about your cat's this, birthday. Uh, this is a completely different. Email. This is a completely different thing. But what if he was writing an email saying Sony got bought out by Microsoft? Would he say like, ah, I know everybody's probably pretty tense that you know they might be losing their job, but my cat's birthday was this last weekend. That was really cool, wasn't it? Like that. Yeah. It's exactly. Just, stop it. Don't 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 try to don't do that. That's yep. that's dumb. Anyway, uh, moving right along uh, to a story that's uh, coincides with this. One company seems to not care what Sony's opinions are. Is Bungie? Uh, we visit Caitlin Ellis at the new uh, new musical express enemy.com. Bungie's political with an article titled Bungie's political opinions won't be muzzled by Sony acquisition or following Sony acquisition. Bungie CEO Pete Parsons has affirmed tweets made by the senior the studio's senior community manager stating that Bungie will continue to be politically outspoken after being acquired by Sony. Senior community manager Dylan Gaffner tweeted, quote, I admit I'm just a community manager in the grand scheme, but I'm confident in the following. We are and will continue to be Bungie. There will never be a muzzle big enough to stop us from standing up for what's right. Parsons replied with a simple yes. Gaffner continued in his tweets, It'll need to be proven over time, but we continue to strengthen our pillars and culture year over year. There's so much work to be done, but I feel we're on the right track with the talent we have and the passion they bring, not just making games, but improving the industry. That is far from the first time Bungie has weighed on political matters, having previously spoken in support of uh, Black Lives Matter and trans rights while decrying Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Jeremy, we just talked about Insomniac being, if you want to call it that, muzzled. How long do you think Bungie will be able to stay unmuzzled? I do think they're going to be able to stay unmuzzled for quite a bit longer just because the way – so like I, I said this when Bungie got bought, but the way that it was worded is they worded the acquisition of Bungie a lot differently than most studio acquisitions. So Bungie still is the way that the the – the terms around the acquisition were is like Bungie is still its own entity. It's still its own thing. Um, it's still going to publish whatever it wants, kind of whenever it wants. It is just now under Sony's umbrella. And so it's almost like how I guess the way that I described it is it's almost like it's an acquisition, but a partnership in that, in that way or the way that it was worded. So I feel because of that, Bungie has a little more autonomy than, so to speak, Insomniac, where Insomniac was completely folded into uh, Sony after the acquisition. And I'm also not surprised by this because the day that the news came out, or I shouldn't say the day, I think it was like the next day, but the day that it came out about the Roe v. Wade uh, opinions from the Supreme Court that got leaked, Destiny 2 had a Destiny and Bungie had a blog post up already about it, posted it, and I think it was the senior community manager here that was talking about it, but it was on the official Destiny account, um, of course, posted this, and then people who were like, oh, you know, X, Y, and Z, like you said, right? You support abortion, all these things. They were Their social quick. media team was not messing around. Exactly. They were quick <laughs> in response of like shutting that down and being like, get out of hmm. here. Don't play our games if you don't if you don't agree. Like I'm just it was one yeah. of those things where it was like, wow. You know, that was it was surprising because of how swift and quick they were in those responses. So I think they'll be able to last 
at least in their current partnership, the way that it's described a little bit longer. But eventually there will come a time because, again, they are, in a sense, acquired by Sony that Sony may eventually step in and say, hey, like, we need you to to tone it down. That doesn't necessarily mean that it'll be like, hey, stop it, but I can see the, we'll tone it down. But, you know, again, good on Bungie uh, for taking these steps and good on, you know, the Bungie CEO basically echoing, you know, they didn't say it, but like echoing the statements of uh, the senior community manager. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little... Um reticent i guess would be the term i would use hesitant uh to see how far they will go because uh parsons himself just sort of uh vaguely agreed i mean he said yes under the thing but he didn't really add anything so i'm a little like hesitant to see what it'll do but like you said like the day after the roe v wade uh opinions uh first draft was leaked um like they were on the ball and they were just like yeah you know we stand with women's reproductive rights they should be able to choose whatever they want to do with their body and like like we were saying the social media team was not having not having taken any shit from anybody they were just like nah man get out of here we're uh, sticking you know stick to games like have you played our games that's a thing too that's a thing that kind of like video games are a storytelling medium and the people that are like oh stick to making video games or stick to making movies like all these things have a way to tell a story and they've always been that way. You may not have realized it when you were younger because you weren't, you know, uh, mature enough to understand the message that was being told, or you might not, might've agreed with the message because a lot of them like kind of like were lockstep, you know, back in the day, like in the fifties and sixties about what was going on. And so like you used to be like, well, it wasn't like that all the time. It was just an escape. I was like, no, a lot of this stuff is a storytelling medium. And they were trying to tell a story and send a message just because you agree with the message. Doesn't mean that wasn't happening. Uh, so it's always been like that. All these games have always had messages. Um, when we in our in our uh, what do you call it? Um, our uh, top five games that deserve more uh, deserve more uh, attention. Uh, Two parter. I brought up Flashback, which is like basically like a story set in like a you know uh, kind of like a futuristic dystopian like uh, 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 Earth, where like you know, capitalism is kind of taken over and like stuff like that, and everything is like kind of like a what do you call it? Or you got RoboCop, you know, talking about like you know, just the futuristic stuff like that. I mean, like for the 80s to like the early 90s, like everything about uh science fiction was like that was like a popular movie, it was like just because we can doesn't mean we should, like every single one of them was. Uh, like all these have had storytelling uh things, so like these people that are just like, oh, you should stick to X, it's like, well. X has always been like tell, having these kind of stories being told and having these messages. So like, I don't understand that stance. It doesn't make any sense. It's like saying like, Oh, just make like a first person shooter that doesn't have it. Like that. I could just play like on multiplayer and just not have to think about anything that's going on. It's like, and I don't want to dumb down that aspect of it, but basically a game where I don't have to think about any of the messaging that's being told to me. But the thing is like, like, I'll I'll just started to jump in real quick. But like, the thing is, is what you just described even if if it was just multiplayer, there has to be a setting. There has to be yeah. something that's driving the two people or else you're not, never going to get connected with it. And uh, yeah. to just go a step further and, and I'll let you finish. But also the thing like it's the it's the same sentiment that comes from uh, people in it. You know, I'm not going to name names, but I know a lot of people will see, instantly it'll come into their head. Examples of this. 
the shut up and dribble with sports people. Okay? The shut up and dribble. Just the same way. Video yes. game developers live in the world. They are affected <laughs> by things that go on in the world. So telling them to just shut up and stick to games or shut up and dribble tells that tells you that you are so detached from the idea that they are still impacted by this as well, that they can share and show their opinions on the matter. But go ahead, Pete. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, that basically cleans it up like – perfectly like yeah like these are also human beings that live in the world and are affected by things that take place and they're going to react to it and they have a right to react to it and they're going to make games and stories that uh you know tell the way they see things and if you don't like it you don't have to play those games but like they're not going to stop doing that so despite my reticence i applaud bungie for stepping up and Showing uh, showing some slack. I agree with you that I think part of the, the biggest reason is this is more of a partnership than a full-on acquisition like Insomniac was. So we'll see how long that, like like you said, like that, not that that lasts, but like that before Sony decides like, hey, hey, can you tone it down just a, just a wee bit? And maybe those conversations have happened and Bungie's like, nah, man, this is a partnership. You don't full-on, you don't own us fully. So like we're going to do what we want. And if that's what they do, kudos to them. Because uh, not everybody has that ability to do that, and uh, not everybody that has the ability to do that would actually go ahead and follow through with it either. So, yep. kudos to them. Hopefully, they keep on keeping on like they do. Uh, moving on to a more lighthearted, uh, just kind of shifting gears here. Uh, we head over to VideoGamesChronicle.com and Jordan Midler for a Microsoft patent that could allow physical games to be verified for digital use. Uh, spotted by GameRant, the patent uh, suggests that players would be able to use an external disk drive, such as an Xbox One, in order to verify ownership of a game. The player would then be able to play the game on a digital version on their Xbox Series S, which is a digital-only console. It's unclear if this game if this would allow players a permanent license to use the digital version of the game or a temporary one that would have to be re-verified, although the latter is far more likely because then they could just return the physical copy after verifying it once. Veteran tech journalist Brad Sams tweeted, Back in 2018, I wrote about a disc to digital uh, for converting your Xbox physical games to digital entitlements. Looks like Microsoft got the patent for it recently. Sams is referring to a November 2018 story which first cited the alleged disc to digital program. The report said it was an internal strategy at Microsoft that would allow players to turn the physical games into digital downloads. The idea, <clears throat> the idea being that you take your disc to a participating retailer like an like a Microsoft store and trading your disc for a digital download, Sam said at the time. It's unclear if these plans have changed since the earlier report, but it does appear to align with the patent. Jeremy, are you excited or skeptical about this disc to digital plan? Because uh, recently Microsoft has had outages lately where some console owners can't actually launch games that they've downloaded digitally on their own. So I have both actually um, on this. So I'll say the excitement factor is because I actually got the Series S um, because I my ps5 and my pc are always going to be my main consoles so i didn't necessarily feel i needed the the series x so i got a series s and so there are times right where i i see like discs games that are on sale and my mind is like oh man like 
I sometimes wish I had the disc because then I could buy this at a cheaper, you know, version. So that would be cool in that aspect. And it also, I think it would be cool for those people who maybe didn't have the money to get a Series X, but have had a lot of Microsoft consoles over the years and have these discs, then they can still use those games. I don't have to try to rebuy them. Uh, but I'm skeptical on the aspect of how one this will get rolled out uh, because of the um, DRM, the digital uh, rights media that we've talked about before with the, the outage, how that's going to be impacted with this whole thing. And then two, uh, similar to what you said, currently speaking, almost every single game that uh, Xbox has requires them to do an online check at some point. So like how frequently are, would you have to be trying to like re, you know, show the license so to speak of the game to play and that's kind of my 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 questions on it of course this doesn't necessarily mean it goes out people uh, companies patent things all the time or file trademarks for things all the time and never use it so yeah you know there's no guarantee something like this is going to go out but if it does go out and it rolls out in a cool way I would be down for it because I think it's a, a cool aspect for again those people who converted to a series s to save themselves some money how about you Pete uh Mostly in line with what you were saying, um, I'm kind of I'm probably more skeptical than excited. Uh, kind of excited for the reasons that you elaborated on, but uh, more skeptical. Kind of like uh, alongside with like you know, I- I'm not huge. Even though you basically always are online with your whatever gaming system you are, the, the, I'm not huge in the idea that the uh, Microsoft is like, oh, do you still own the game? Okay, just, oh, you still own the game? Okay, 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 just. And then, like, because following that line of logic, they could just decide, like, oh, we don't think you uh, you should be playing this game anymore for, like, whatever reason. And just, you know, snap their fingers and shut it off. Um, Thanos it. So, uh, <laughs> um, so uh, I, I'm not huge on that. Uh, I don't love the idea of being forced to be connected to online to play some of these games, especially if you download them. Like if you own them, like why, like especially a hard copy or something like that, and then they're just like, well, sorry, your internet's out for these twenty four hours. Uh, you can't. Uh, yeah, you got you got Zyra in the background. Yeah, she's adorable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to say hi to Zyra for our listeners uh, who can't see. Is my dog in the background? <laughs> yeah, my bad, my bad. Uh, she's just so cute. Um, but anyway. Uh, so I think I'm, I'm leaning more skeptical. I'm probably, if I had to do it at like 60% skeptical, 40% excited, but I mean, it's still a cool idea. Like you said, if it rolls out really well and they figure out a way to make it like work, like where you, it's not just like a constant, like, you know, every hour being like, kind of like your car. If you drive for an hour, Hey, why don't you take a break? It's like, it's coming to Microsoft. It's like, Hey, do you still own this game? (laughs) Just like. You know, every hour, 90 minutes or whatever that you're playing, if you're playing like a long streaming thing, like if they find a way to do it that way, that'd be kind of dope. So, yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, sometimes games get scratched or whatever like that. They get they take wear and tear and, you know, the digital aspect, maybe it'll make it easier to like not necessarily be able to play the game, even if the game's all scratched up. I know when I was a kid, I had a game or two that I didn't take care of because I was a little kid and I'm terrible with my things. I have one just, on my shelf right now that I've never beaten because the second disc is messed up for my PS1. <laughs> oh, rough, rough. So, yeah. uh, like, like I said, like you said, if they can get some something that makes sense and has it roll out pretty well, uh, I'll, I'll be excited. But I'm probably more cautious and excited at this point. Really quick, Jeremy, before we go to uh, any further development, Fall Guys will be free to play on consoles in the Epic Game Store with crossplay and cross integration. Are you ready for it? 
I am super excited for this. I loved Fall Guys. I was in the beta tests for it uh, before, like before it could even be announced when it was coming out. I was on those tests. I had a blast playing those when it first came out. I had a blast playing it. I have some no- streams, some of my highlights you can go check out. So getting back into Fall Guys is going to be great. And the fact that it's free to play, cross progression, cross platform is going to mean that my friends who don't have a PlayStation anymore that I used to play with can now hop on with me, and we can all play together or I could just get back on the P- the PC version and have an absolute blast. How about you, Pete? Because I don't know if you've ever played it. Well, first off, your friends that got rid of a PlayStation are terrible, and you should cut them out of your life because PlayStation's the best gaming group, uh, gaming <laughs> system of all time. That's number one. Number two, uh, I'll be super excited. We should do a cross-platform stream. Just get a bunch of our buddies together. We'll just all play together. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty oh. traitors. Cut them out of your life. I know. Wow. Came at me <laughs> hostile. So, uh, but yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I, I've i always, con- I've constantly looked at Fall Guys. I have not uh, actually played the game, but, uh, you know, I'd be willing to give it a try. It, it's Every time I've seen it, it's been pretty fun. Every time I watch your videos, they were all, you were always having a blast. So, I mean, it really makes me interested at least giving it a try. Yeah, and just to also mention it, a level editor is going to come at some point in the future. So I'm not a person who can you know create levels or anything, but I it would be fun to see what kind of creations come out of this too. It's funny because like uh, all these things that like with Halo, where they're like, oh, Forge, that's like one of the most popular formats. I'm like, I've never touched it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I always I will I will admit I always jump into it. I start to create something and then I'm like, this looks like shit. I delete it right away. I'm like, oh nope. yeah, for sure. That's nope. not, that's not even just, that's not even just like forge things or stuff like that. That's like anything I try to write or create. I'm just like, nope, this is garbage. Throw it out. Throw it out. <laughs> yep, I will say out. like in terms of like map construction though, some of the fun, most fun times I've had in like Starcraft was like people that made like video games, made like maps that are based on like going through, um, uh, like, uh, the Dragon Ball Z sagas and like oh, yeah. face these random characters that are like Cell that were supposed to be Frieza and stuff like that. Those were always dope. The best one, the best, the best mm-hmm. game that ever had those Warcraft three man. Warcraft three, I dude. Love- Warcraft three made freaking mobas. <laughs> like it literally dude, created mobas. I loved all the random the the run kitty run <laughs> things and all that jazz. Oh my god, OG man, Warcraft three, uh, Frozen Throne. My, that was my shit. <laughs> I will say. I will say, wow! Blizzard really dropped the ball on having. They could have monopolized an entire new genre that they created, and they're just like, nah, man, we'll wait ten years and then uh, hop on the uh, coattails like after there's already other established games, and then like not, nah, and then just forget just, about ours and just drop just it. drop it. Yep, yep. Uh, like, so wow. Pete, real quick, this last part. Do you want to take it over, or do you want me to do it? What's the last part? The oh, there's no boss rush. Releases. You want to read it? Oh, there's the no boss rush. Yeah, releases. I can read it. I'll read it. I'll read it. All right. All right. All right. Upcoming Hold on. Releases. We got it. We got it. We got it. You got a segue into it. Come on. Oh, all right. Well, whether you decide you're going to play Fall Guys that's releasing on Xbox, Switch, and the Epic Games Store, or you're going to find something else to play, we got you covered with upcoming releases. Friday, May 20th, you have Cotton Fantasy on PlayStation 4 and Switch. Dolmen from PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. The Endless Summer, Search for Surf on the Xbox Series and Xbox One, and Epico on PC. Tuesday, May 24th, Hard Space Shipbreaker on PC. This will be available on Game Pass for 
for people that are interested. And then also Soda Crisis, also available on PC. On Wednesday, May 25th, we have Nino Kuni Cross Worlds on PC, iOS, and Android. Roller Champions on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then Ogre on Switch. Thursday, May 26th, we have Sniper Elite 5 on the PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Golfie on PC, and My Time at Sandrock, not the Gundam I found out looking at this on PC. Friday, May 27th, we have Arcade Spirits, the new Challengers, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Microsoft Flight Simulator, Top Gun Maverick DLC for you fans of Top Gun on Xbox Series and PC. Moolander, not Zoolander on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Remote Life on PS5, Xbox Series. Series, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Unexplored 2, The Wayfarer's Legacy on PC. Cow the Kangaroo on PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And finally wrapping it all with the Pac-Man Museum Plus on Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Unavailable on the Game Pass. Jeremy, did any of these games catch your eye? So I will also add, because I did forget to put it in there, Sniper Elite 5 is going to be on Game Pass as well. Uh, But uh, the one that I'm uh, super excited for is um, Dolman. I've just really been interested in this game for quite a while now. It's on my Steam wish list. So, like, I keep looking for reviews and they haven't posted it. So I know when this goes live and people are listening to it, there's likely going to be some reviews then, but I was hoping there'd be some early reviews to tell me if I should buy the game or not and wait. Um, Nino Kuni Cross Worlds uh, seems really cool. Of course, this is uh, uh, going to be like your open world uh, Nino Kuni game. So uh, I'm hoping it turns out to be good, but I, of course, I don't know if I'll play it right away. Uh, even though I know it's going to be garbage, though, Roller Champions. I, I want to play this game. I loved Roller Derby growing up. I thought it was awesome, but I think I really feel that game's going to be garbage. It's been delayed so many times and it's just now finally coming out. It's free to play, which I'm going to play it for that reason. Uh, Pete's giving a lot of sad eyes over here so <laughs> i don't know i will let him say it, speak here in a second uh but yeah because that was the last one for me how about you pete i was so looking forward to trying that one oh <laughs> i just feel like garbage gonna, i just feel it's gonna be garbage because like one ubisoft when it first announced this game was like this is awesome you know all this jazz right and then it got delayed and then it got delayed and like it went radio silent and then now like the week before it comes out, they're just like, hey, it's coming out. <laughs> I just, oh, I can't imagine Man. it's going to be good because of that. Well, it was, I was going to say that one, but now it's apparently just going to suck. So I guess I'll just go with Soda Crisis and Cow the Kangaroo because that game looked dope from the <laughs> the trailer that I saw. Um, Hard Space uh, Shipbreaker also looks interesting, especially if it's going to be on Game Pass. I might... Uh, Give that one a whirl. And then uh, Cotton Fantasy, uh, we talked about it in last week's episode. It's kind of like a, one of those side-scroller shooters that we say we never see anymore, and I think we've had one on every single one of these lists ever since that episode, so now I feel like an idiot, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, the two I'm looking at, well, the three I was looking at was Soda Crisis, Roller Champions, and Cow the Kangaroo, but since Roller Champions is already going to suck, I guess just Soda Crisis and Cow the Kangaroo. Well, you know what? Everyone's going to have to download it and try it out so that we can all try it out. And hopefully it'll suck together. But if not, then we'll all have a blast playing Roller Champions on Wednesday, May 25th. As you said that. There you go. So, or anyways. we wait for other people to download it and then have them review it and then we'll decide that. Nah, nah. I jump right into it. I told you. Remember 
you said like before you're like oh if i can get my hands on it i'll try it like if it's on game pass right, and i Mr. said Dolman. you're a better you're a better man than me i just throw i just jump on it right away and see if it's good <laughs> yeah that's what we're not everybody's made of money god damn it hey neither am i that's true <laughs> you haven't bought me my ps5 yet asshole yeah exactly but anyways everybody that's our episode here on the one more game podcast i've had a good episode here uh pete before we head off for the weekend is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with we talked about a lot of uh, serious topics, but we had some fun today, too. Uh, feels like it's been a repeating uh, pattern, but, you know, if you laugh and you cry and you learn something every day, that's a that's a good day. So hopefully hopefully we helped along with that today. Yeah, I definitely think that, uh, you know, again, everybody um, understand we're going to talk about all these various topics here. But at the end of the day, we're going to try to have fun and still try to be informative in the process. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode just as much as Pete and I did. But as always, everybody, I've been one of your co-hosts, Jeremy Culver, a.k.a. Darcy. This has been the California Thirst Quencher, Pete Legia, and we really enjoy bringing this to you each and every Friday. As always, everybody, stay hydrated, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep on gaming. We'll see you guys on the next episode.